Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the Old Testament reading from Isaiah chapter 12, particularly the last half, verse 2. The very familiar words. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and He has become my salvation. So far our text. These very familiar words, which form the refrain for the Old Testament canticle in the service of prayer and preaching, provide great promise for us, whether we were brought to the font this morning or we were brought to the font many years ago. We have that same blessing. We have the same strength and song and salvation because we have the same Savior. And that's where we see Jesus in our gospel reading this morning. The tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled. That's quite the contrast. The tax collectors and the sinners, the lowest of the low, clamoring to hear Jesus, holding on to every word that he says. And the Pharisees and the scribes, the ones who had been taught the law, were grumbling over the audience he kept because they forgot who needs to hear the great message of Jesus. Who needs to hear that the Lord God is my strength and my song and that he has become my salvation. Because faintly, just faintly, the tax collectors and sinners were beginning to understand that salvation was standing right there in front of them in the man Jesus. They weren't sure just how, but they knew that there was something special about this man. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He gives us strength because Jesus Christ is the ground of faith who has made flesh and suffered death. All then who trust in him alone are built on this chief cornerstone. This cornerstone that is laid in our baptism. And the water that is not just plain water, but water combined with God's word and included in his command that brings us the washing of the blood of Jesus, cleansing us of all of our sins, counting us as children of the Heavenly Father. As we sang to begin the service, Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I've come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Ebenezer, that stone of remembrance, that stone raised up by Samuel to cause Israel to remember that everything that they had was all by God helping them all by His grace and His mercy. Just like everything you have in this life is all given to you by His grace and mercy. Grace and mercy first shown to you when you were brought to the font and the waters of baptism were poured over you, washing you clean of all your sins, forgiving you, and granting you that cornerstone upon which you could build your life and upon which you are strengthened. But also a cornerstone, as David says in the psalm, 
that is a hiding place for you. A place where you are preserved from trouble. Not that as a Christian you get a free pass on all the struggles of this life. In fact, as we did for Wayland this morning, as the confirmands will do in a couple of weeks, we took upon a great burden by renouncing the devil and all his works and all his ways, putting a target on him and on us for all the troubles that he can muster, all the troubles and struggles of this life come at us with even fuller force. But that is why we build our lives on the chief cornerstone of Jesus Christ made flesh who gives his life for the forgiveness of sins, gives us his blood in the water of baptism to wash them all away so that we may be surrounded with the shouts of deliverance, the shouts of we welcome you in the name of the Lord, the shouts that great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel who comes down to bring you his word week after week. This is the great thing that gets missed out on by those who are unable to be in church with us. When I go to visit the shut-ins, one of the many things that they say over and over again is how much they miss being in church with their brothers and sisters, especially those who are physically unable to do it. And it's not because they can't hear it on the radio or hear it online, but it's because it's that gathering together. That sense of feeling that great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Something that does not get transmitted over the internet or over the airwaves. That greatness that comes to us when we can pray as we did before and we'll pray again later, our Father who art in heaven. The Father who says, Son, daughter, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. In our baptism, we receive the great inheritance. We are like that younger son who demands the inheritance prematurely. But God, our Father, gives it to us graciously and says, here, here it is, but this is just the foretaste. The true inheritance is what we receive in the world to come. What drives our song and our praise. As Isaiah continues, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that His name is exalted. We sing because we have been given the inheritance. We sing because we have seen the greatness of God. Not only when we gather together, but also in our lives. As we see, yes, He has given us a place where we can hide. He has preserved us from trouble. He has delivered us from those things. And so David continues in the psalm, Therefore let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. He gives us that opportunity every Sunday morning as we come together as brothers and sisters in this congregation to praise and glorify Him, but also to be strengthened ourselves as we hear the word 
once again. We hear the promises repeated, further strengthening our song. Because it is there in the word that we see that he was not just a good teacher. He was not just a great man who could work miracles. But he is, in fact, our salvation. He gives that to us in baptism. As we sing with joy, will you draw waters from the wells of salvation? The water drawn that washed over Wayland this morning, that washed over each of you at your baptism. Just a momentary splash of water. But again, also streams of mercy, never ceasing, that call for songs of loudest praise. A moment with the water that lasts a lifetime and beyond. This is our salvation. That He, to rescue us from danger, places His blood upon us, clothing us with His righteousness, forgiving us all our sins. So again, we can say those very famous words, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the one to whom the Lord counts no iniquity. The one he calls his child. Therefore, we can boldly and gladly confess our transgressions to the Lord, knowing that he has forgiven, is forgiving, and will forgive our transgressions and all of our sins. Because that is what baptism has done for us. It has given us that cornerstone, that firm anchor and foundation that we can rest all of our life on. Because it is in that water that we receive the blessings of Him who knew no sin, who has made sin for us. As our sins are washed upon Him and His righteousness is washed upon us. Where the Father says, this, my son or my daughter, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Because we've been found in the water. We've been made alive in the water. We've been made a new creation, as Paul tells the Corinthians. So therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Because the flesh fails us all the time. We regard each other according to the Spirit. Knowing that in each of us, yes, is the sinful flesh, but is also the forgiving Spirit of God that leads us to go past those sins, to look past the sins of each other, to see the beloved brother and sister for whom Christ died, for whom Jesus saves us through the waters, being our strength and our song, because he has become our salvation. Amen.